Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first official episode of At Odds with Wrestling uh, with Joe and Adam. I'm Joe. And I'm Adam. So uh, the, if this is the first time you're listening to At Odds with Wrestling, you should go check out the other episode in the feed, which is kind of like our test show, pilot show, crossover with Longbox Heroes After Dark. The main difference about this show and all the shows going forward is no Todd to get in the way of the wrestling talk. <laughs> and that's really, at the end of the day, what everybody wants is less Todd. Right. So <laughs> Now, I will say this. He does accuse me all the time of bringing up wrestling. What? Uh, at the comic book shop, whenever I see him when he go pick up my books on Wednesdays. And I said to him, it's always Dave, the guy who run, runs the comic book shop, who brings it up. And wouldn't you know it, today, out of nowhere, Dave comes up to me and asks if I watched All In. So oh, then really? we get into it, and I'm selling him and some other guy there. It's like, oh, no, it's a good show. It's probably up on New Japan World, and Dave's talking about Axis, and Todd is just over in the corner shaking his head. And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't bring it up. I was talking about other stuff, you know? You're just coming in trying to mind your own business, trying to look at funny books, and it's just this is the burden that you bear. Right. Like, I love I, – listen, I love talking about wrestling. That's why we're doing this show, and that's why I was so happy – when you were like, hey, what are we doing a show? And I'm like, hey, what are we doing a show? Let's do it, you know? Yeah. Um, so. Because if you let it bottle up, it just, it, you know, bursts out in the most inappropriate spots. Right. And I've, my summers are rough when it comes to wrestling just because it's tough to get time off for my super secret science job. But now we're in the fall and I have wrestling stuff going on. Um, well, again, I don't know when this is going to get released, but I have a very busy. Uh, September, I have a kind of busy October, very busy November, and then December, we're not that, you know, I know I got at least two shows in November to deal with, or December, rather, and uh, this is uh, Todd stuff, and again, yeah. this is the last time I'll bring up Todd, <laughs> I have something to tell you off mic about wrestling, I can't say on okay. the show. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, we'll, we'll do that on the other podcast where, like, something will come up or information was informed to us. Um, you know, we do, a, uh, Todd and I do a comic book podcast, and, uh, you know, you know Tom Derenick from the comic book shop, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So I guess Tom was working on some sort of Superman thing, and something I said in the comic book podcast reminded Todd to tell me something that Tom had told him. And it was one of those, like, super secret things that we couldn't talk about. And then it got, like, announced, like, two weeks later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, like, one of those things, like, I love being in the know. I'm kind of yeah. out of the loop when it comes to a lot of comic book stuff. stuff, But I'm too far in the loop when it comes to wrestling stuff. Are these uh, shows that you have coming up, are these things that you're just looking forward to watching? Or are these maybe, uh, uh, like, a return to uh, of a alternate gimmick of Joe Sposta? Well... Now, see, I did uh, make my return to the uh, moniker of Leonard F. Chikaris a few months ago. Okay. Uh, in May, and then I did it again in July, and that was two live commentary bits uh, for Chikara, which is easy because it's a Saturday. Uh, it's just a, like a drive down to Philly, which is nothing. It's the other shows that are tougher to get to, like uh, one of the companies I do commentary for, Game Changer Wrestling. Kind of, I don't know if you're familiar with Combat Zone Wrestling CZW. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a show, but it's it's hard not to have heard of them. Right. You so, know? Game Changer Wrestling is kind of like the spiritual successor of what CZW used to be. And they're doing a big deathmatch tournament in Chicago this weekend. And that's a hike. That's tough for me to get that yeah. sort of time to travel and everything else like that. And the guy who runs it is very accommodating. He's very, you know, whatever regarding that sort of stuff. But then they have a show in two weeks in uh, Asbury Park. And that one's no problem. Asbury Park's like a two and a half hour drive. It's a Friday night. I can get out of work, get right down there, and I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. And there, I'm Leonard F. Chikaris. Or I'm not Leonard F. Chikaris, and I'm Joe Sposto. <laughs> There's another promotion that's run by a former Chikar... Well, eh, promotion shows, whatever. It's run by a former Chikar wrestler, Ultramantis Black, where there, I'm Diamond Joe Leonard. <laughs> just because he likes to bust my balls. But I like to bust uh, his balls back. It's a fun relationship. Yeah. Look at all this merch. All these different characters. No, and that's the other thing. And I, I begrudge no one who's look who's willing to make a dollar in... Uh, the wrestling business, whether it be in wrestling or merchandise or whatever it is, right? Mm. But for me, someone who take who's in his entire time involved in wrestling has taken exactly one bump in my entire life. In my mind, I can't see putting my shirts out, which we have shirts for the podcast, which is both me and Todd. So I'm like, that's different than the wrestling stuff. But if I had Leonard F. Chikaris in merchandise... I'd be like, that's the end of merchandise. We have, we need to stop making merchandise because we've run out of ideas, and the lowest person in the history totem pole is now selling merchandise. Uh, second lowest, because I'm already trying to cash in on this thing. I'm printing out T-shirts as we speak in the other room, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put up a table at Chikara, so come visit. I have a, a friend of mine who does a wrestling podcast, actually, and he writes for a bunch of uh, websites, David Bixen's fan. Uh, I'm sure you saw the Bucks or Cody or whatever umbrella it is are selling the new all-in shirt that has the uh, the attendance number on it. Yeah. So as a rib, uh, Bix, David Bixenspan, is doing one with the 93,740, whatever the WrestleMania 3 fake number is, <laughs> in the same font, you know? Yeah, I think I saw that on Twitter, but I had no idea what it was, so I just kept scrolling. <laughs> right, so it's a, it's a takeoff of that, but... I'm such a big fan of, like, that being such a bone of contention for people. Uh-huh. Um, it's like, is that the real number? Is it not the real number? Like, at the end of the day, who really gives a shit? Yeah. Um, but I'm like, oh, it's in the all-in font, and it's kind of like a rib on that sort of thing. So I sent them a message. I'm like, please put me down for one of these shirts. Because <laughs> yeah, I'll wear that shirt awesome. all the time. And I'll, and I'll explain it to people. I don't care, you know? <laughs> And this is where it comes down to just wrestling spilling out at like the grocery store right. or, you know. And when I have, you know, when I do, when I get a chance to do commentary for stuff, that's like my outlet. That's like my mind dump for wrestling. All the dumb ideas and all the s- silly things that I want to say or remarks about wrestling, I get them all out there and then I'm good for like a week. I gotcha. Yeah, I think I've been like bottling up wrestling when we originally talked about this i was like i have nothing to say about wrestling i don't care about it anymore and for the most part that's what it was 
Uh, and just the more I thought about what we talk about on the show and the more I talked about, like, my past in wrestling that we'll get into in the next couple shows, the more I was like, I really do want to talk about this. And it's, it, it's keeping me up at night. I'm like, oh, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about that. So I feel, I feel your pain. I, I kind of got to get it out. I, I know? know you'd mention it uh, on the After Dark kind of crossover thing, but I find it hilarious. You were in Las Vegas for a wedding doing whatever you wanted to do and you're up at night sending me email ideas for what we could do about the show i'm like man this must be eating him alive <laughs> all right so the reason for that was i basically budgeted myself all right i'm allowed to lose x amount of money per day and it was one of those things where uh i don't know how late it was that you got the email but on the west coast time it was maybe like 11 o'clock and i was waiting for it to be officially the next day so i could start gambling again <laughs> <laughs> so I was killing time for a poker tournament at 1 o'clock. Uh, I think it was 1 o'clock in the morning. That actually never happened. Uh, but uh, I was like, all right, I got got some time to kill. I can't spend any money if I'm in my room watching, like, I think it was like Friends or something on one of the five channels that the Rio has because the Rio's a shithole hotel. Oh, come on. <laughs> you mean the, and, the Rio All Seasons Hotel and Resort where Penn and Teller uh, perform? Uh, yes, and that's one of the reasons why I stayed at the Rio, because I love Penn & Teller, and I think I heard on one of your podcasts that you're a fan as well. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, all right, this is the third time I've been to Vegas, and I was like, if I do nothing else, I want to go see Penn and & Teller. And uh, Teller hurt his back, and they canceled all the shows for the month. Get the hell out of here! Yep. Son, and two, son of a two bitch! Days I'd be so pissed! I was. I didn't have, like, tickets or anything, uh, because the news had broke a couple weeks prior to going to Vegas. Um, but the big kick in the, the ass was, like, literally two days after I got home, they announced, okay, shows are back on. So it's like I missed my window. And I don't know when the next time I'm going to go to Vegas is. So I guess I'm stuck watching them on TV. Well, I, uh, the other day, when I was supposed to be watching stuff for the comic book podcast, I have no idea how I stumbled upon it. But I was just watching um, YouTube episodes of their TV show Fool Us. Have you ever uh -huh. seen that? Oh, yeah. I think I've seen just about every episode. Oh, so, oh and I, I, I was up for like three hours watching just episodes of Fool Us by myself, just marking out for every trick, you know? We'll have to talk offline about a, uh, a magician that I am obsessed with now. Okay. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I might be following them on Twitter. And I'm hoping that this podcast, like, kind of spurs, like, some kind of relationship. Is really the only reason I'm doing this is for the pod rats. So. <laughs> but uh, we'll talk about that magician afterwards. Uh, she's a mentalist. Oh. Well, I was so, going to say this. Uh, I have no problem saying this. Part of the reason I was watching those and enjoyed them so much is that the host of the show is Allison Hannigan, who I've cared oh, yeah. for for a very long time, and I was very sad to see that she's more or less given up on social media. Yeah, uh, one time at band camp, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I love her. Anyway, sorry, we got off track really bad there. Where Wrestling. Were we? Wrestling, yeah. <laughs> wrestling. So, you had mentioned about how you gotten, like started watching wrestling, got involved with wrestling, your first memories of wrestling. I've told the story before, but I always say... Do you, listen, do you listen to a lot of podcasts? Honestly, uh, when podcasts first came out, I was like, I'm going to give this a shot. And I think uh, this is the – when do you think podcasts first hit? Like 2009? No. Eight? 
See, really? you're, you're going to get people who say, well, that's when it really became popular, but then you have people like Adam Curry and other folks like that that have been podcasting, quote-unquote, since like 2002, 2003, but nobody else was doing it, so nobody knew that it was going on. Okay. Well, well I started... 2009, uh, let's say. 2009. I started when uh, Kevin Smith first started doing podcasts, because okay. at the time I was a big Kevin Smith fan, and I listened to like the Smodcast like the first episode, second episode. And then I was like, this is going to come out every week. How does somebody listen to something for an hour, you know, every single week? Little do I know you probably put in like eight hours a day on it. Um, but yeah, so I gave up podcast listening right away. And I tried listening again when uh, the Nerd Herd podcast popped up. Um, I gave that a shot for a little while. And uh, needless to say, that kind of made me lose interest. And I just recently, and uh, Todd will tell you that I've been listening to uh, Longbox Heroes and After Dark pretty much consistently for like the last 10, 15 episodes. But nice. to be honest, that's mostly just to hear references of me. So. <laughs> <laughs> what, now, what are you going to do with this podcast? Because it's not just, it's not references to you, it's you. Um, I think I'm going to do what like a good loyal soldier is and subscribe on multiple formats, download it and play it on multiple formats and just leave the room. Gotcha. <laughs> I don't need to live through it a second time. I don't think uh, my voice will hold up in my head. <laughs> I'll, I'll appear on other people's podcasts from time to time that I listen to. Mm. And it's great because it's like, hey, it's this podcast that I enjoy and I'm getting to be a part of it. But then on the flip side, I'm like, I can't listen to this episode because I hate listening to myself. Yeah. So it's like, well, I have to skip that episode because I lived it. You know, in my mind, I'm not, mm -hmm. I can't listen to it again. I was there, man. I did a lot of production work when I was in college for, you know, when you go uh, to school for communications, you have to do like television recording, uh, audio recording, pretty much everything just to kind of fill all the electives. And I always hated the finished product. I was like, what did they do to my voice? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, fire somebody. Somebody made a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> somebody made that guy stammer. Like, well, why did I, I believe I talked eloquently, and now he's like stuttering and saying um. I I do try my best to get the dead air out of the podcast when I'm doing it. A lot of times, it's a lot of dead air. But then it depends on how late I'm up. Do we're recording the podcast of how much I care about getting rid of that. Yeah. Uh, but where I was going was, I've told the story of my first wrestling memories and, you know, whatever it is, like, watching wrestling, seeing wrestling, that sort of thing. So I'll save mine for a second. I'm interested to hear you, how you came upon wrestling, um, you know, your first memories of it, your first live show, that sort of thing. Um, well, the first wrestling that I can remember, um, do you, in the Scranton area, there's the CYC, or at least there used to be the CYC. You remember a Catholic Youth Center? Of course. And that was the hotbed of WWF house shows back in the day. Um, but I remember my uncle, who's a diehard wrestling fan, and we'll talk about him a little bit and getting my involvement into wrestling in, in a future episode. But he was a huge wrestling fan, and he said, oh, I'm going to see WrestleMania six at the CYC. And I know this now, that it was in the days before pay-per-view, they'd have the big screens and do the closed captioning. Or not closed captioning, uh, closed circuit. Yep. Um, but I thought that WrestleMania was at the CYC. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, this is 1990. I'm a 10-year-old. I don't sure. know any better. You know, uh, same thing happened when he said he was going to go see Tyson Spinks at the CYC. And I was like, oh, Mike Tyson's huge, and he's in Scranton. That's pretty cool. 
But, uh, yeah, so the build-up and just the curiosity of how there was a WrestleMania in Scranton kind of made me look into what happened at WrestleMania six, and that was the Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan, right? So as a 10-year-old, I, of course, Ultimate Warrior is right up my alley. Of course. Yeah. You know, what 10-year-old doesn't love a madman running down to the ring and shaking the ropes and with that all-natural body, long hair, <laughs> face paints, you know? Um, so 100% like, drug-free, I'm sure. Yes, drug-free, God rest his soul. But, uh, yeah, so, at, like, the first, like, week or two of being a wrestling fan, I was I loved The Ultimate Warrior. Um, and then after starting to watch, like at the time, it was just like the Saturday morning and Sunday morning syndicated shows. Right. You know, so, uh, it was, Hey, when's the ultimate warrior going to be come on and coming on? And then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, who's this ravishing Rick Rude dude? Who's like shit talking the audience, you know? And as the young, like maybe 10 or 11 year old at the time, I was like, this guy's being mean to people. This is awesome. <laughs> and it was, uh, ravishing Rick Rude, Mr. Perfect. And then eventually Bobby Heenan, who I like, I was obsessed with Bobby Heenan, which for like a 10, 11, 12 year old, you wouldn't think that like that would be what they would gravitate to. But I always gravitated towards the heels. Um, What what would you say? Like was, uh, what about you? Okay, so. Uh, as we, you know, we talked a little bit, you mentioned your age at that time. I'm, I'm about three years older than you. And I've been watching wrestling a little bit longer than you. Um. My dad was a fan in his late teens, early 20s, and, you know, in retrospect, he had told me times that he had gone to see when they would have, like, Bruno Sammartino versus Larry Zbysko, which would have put it around, like, late 70s, early, excuse me, early 80s. Mm-hmm. Like, Haystacks Calhoun was on the card and that sort of thing, and my, my dad was always a fan of Dusty Rhodes and Don Morocco. My mom grew up, her dad was a wrestling fan as well. They were Polish, so he was a big fan of Polish power Ivan Putski. Mm-hmm. And my mom loved Captain Lou Albano. So okay. I was kind of born into a wrestling family. Yeah, my grandparents and my uncle, who both lived next door to me growing mm-hmm. up, they were, they were huge wrestling fans. My mother wasn't a wrestling fan at all. But uh, I would hear conversations at the kitchen table where they'd be talking about like rick flair dusty Rhodes, and i'm like these are all made up names none of these mean anything to me (laughs) because it's like i was i didn't know there was such a thing other than the wwf until you got into like somewhere in the early 90s uh uh, like the dangerous alliance era where like you know ron simmons is the champ right around there that's when i first like kind of knew that wcw was a thing okay so So oh no go ahead i was just gonna say so i've never I never saw until like DVDs started coming out and obviously the the network I never saw any of the old dusty flare matches any of that classic stuff. Right. So the first thing I remember seeing would have been late 1984 and into early 85. And the reason I say that is because they replayed stuff quite a bit and it was the Roddy Piper smashing Jimmy Snuka with the uh, coconut. Was the first thing I ever remember seeing in wrestling. And it was around that time we then got cable. And if you remember in the greater Scranton, Wilkes, or the Scranton Taylor Old Forge area, um, MTV was Channel 17. Was that the cable you had? 
Um, honestly, I don't. It, it, we may have. Uh, okay. I don't think I was cognizant of MTV in the early days. Okay. Well, I was cognizant of MTV in the early days because of something called the War to Settle the Score, which was Roddy Piper versus Hulk Hogan, which was the whole thing with like Madison Square Garden, Mr. T gets involved, and it was the setup for WrestleMania One, then just called WrestleMania. So that eighty four eighty five period was my introduction to actually watching wrestling and following wrestling. And my first favorite was Roddy Piper. And I always was into the heels as well. Not yeah. realizing why. You know, I had a twin yeah. brother. So we were both watching wrestling. So everything had to come into the house in twos. Like it had to be two wrestling figures, two whatever it is. And with those old LJN figures, the big rubber figures, they would sell them individually or they would sell them in a two-pack. Like you can get... Nikolai Volkov and Iron Sheik together, Big John Studd and Under the Giant together, Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper together. When my folks brought home the Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper two-pack to share, quote-unquote, and my brother wanted Hulk Hogan, I did not put up that much of a fight for the Roddy, you know, it was like, I guess I'll take Roddy Piper, you know? So um, it wasn't shortly thereafter, and I've always tried to find the exact date and so forth of the first live event that I went to. Uh, and that was at the CYC. Now, they were doing the closed circuit stuff at the CYC all the way back to WrestleMania 1. But I didn't go to WrestleMania 1 or WrestleMania 2 because they were actually on Monday nights. And I, I, I was... did not know that. Right. I was eight years old, so I couldn't go on a school night out that late, you know? Mm-hmm. WrestleMania 3, WrestleMania 4 were on the weekends. They were on, sat- they were on Saturdays or Sundays. I think WrestleMania 3 was on a Saturday... Uh, WrestleMania 4 was on a Sunday. No, they were both on Saturdays, actually. And 5, those I saw as closed circuit at the CYC, but my first live event, you said about CYC being the mecca of WWE live event, whatever. Uh, we were the C-Town, so we would always get, like, the shitty shows. The advertised main event for the first ever live wrestling event I went to was Nikolai Volkov versus Corporal Kirshner. (laughs) <laughs> the match we actually got in the main event was Nikolai Volkov versus Pedro Morales. So you're going to have to tell me, is that an improvement or a step down? Because I, I was not following any of this. <laughs> uh, Pedro Morales, uh, again, this was 1985. Pedro Morales was at the peak of his career in California in the late 60s. So this was definitely a step down. Not that Corporal Kirshner was some sort of, like, bang-up professional wrestler by any stretch of the imagination. It's not like the American Dragon Corporal Kirshner. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Um, But you'd mentioned about NWA WCW. Our cable package actually didn't get TBS until 1988. And I remember this because I had to set our VCR to tape Clash of the Champions when we went to go see WrestleMania 4 on the closed circuit, because they were doing a Clash of the Champions that day on TBS, which was Ric Flair against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Ricky Steamboat, who I knew from WWF. I had no idea who Ric Flair was at the time, right? Oh, yeah, because if somebody left the WWE or WWF, you just assume they were dead. Right, or, <laughs> you know, or if gone you just forever. Watched, 
yeah, there was no internet, there was no, you know, Twitter, whatever. So, like, if they're gone and you're flipping through the channels, that happened to me with, uh, I think I saw, like, Dustin Rhodes, you know, uh, Dustin Runnels, I don't know which they called him, and I was like, oh, I remember him. He was, you know, Dusty Rhodes' kid. Whatever happened to all those people? And now all of a sudden, they, wait a minute, I recognize that guy too. You know, I recognize the, the Nasty Boys are on this show that's not WWF. It just felt weird at first. Now, are, are were, were you getting the magazines at that time? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, just to kind of go back before I forget, uh, I, my first live shows were at the CYC as well. And uh, my favorite things about that was the in syndication they would pre-tape. I think it was like Sean Mooney would pre-tape special localized like previews of, of the upcoming matches. Remember? And I just remember they were promoting like an Undertaker match in the early like purple gloved era Undertaker, where uh, Sean Mooney said something like, "Oh, and in Scranton, Pennsylvania, that's an Undertaker hotbed." And I just remember. <laughs> I just remember, like, trying, like, maybe, like, 12 years old being like, are there really a lot of Undertaker fans around here? You know, just trying to put logic to, like, their promotion. But, like, that was one of my first shows. Is going. I went to a bunch of CYC shows, uh, including if – and I, I, my memory is kind of vague about this. But when Ric Flair was the WCW – or, I'm sorry, was the WWF champion, I'm pretty sure I saw him defend against Randy Savage. I was at that t- show, and they did okay. the gimmick – where Ric yes. Flair hits him with the brass knuckles, wins the match, and then the referee reverses the decision. Yeah, I was losing my mind. I was like, <laughs> I just saw a world title change hands, like in Little Scranton, Pennsylvania. And I don't know if I didn't pay attention to the ref, like, reversing it, or if they didn't do a very good job of explaining it to, like, my tiny brain at the time. Uh, but, like, I was going home being like, I can't believe this. I can't wait to see if they show footage on, like, on, on television, because... I didn't know any better, but yeah, that was one of my earliest, like, live memories. But, uh, just two quick things I'll answer, or one quick thing I'll answer your question. Uh, as far as wrestling figures go, I did not have any of the LGNs, but I was big on the, the ones that had all the action moves. The Hasbro figures. Yeah, the Hasbros. So, like, the ones that would be like, oh, with, like, body slam action and kung fu punch and all those. So I had, like, probably 30 or 40 of those. But uh, that was right around the time when I was buying uh, WWF Magazine nonstop, uh, started with WCW Magazine, and then uh, the Aptor Mags. Like, I love Pro Wrestling Illustrated and, like, the PWI 500. That was, like, my my big event of the year was looking through the list. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was the kid, and you mentioned, and of course, the Aptor Mags were a big thing. You know, kind of getting back to some of, like, the wrestlers that would appear and disappear, you know? Yeah. The after mags at the time, you know, I know that, like the dirt sheets and everything existed, and I didn't really get into the dirt sheet culture until like 1994, 1995. And that was like, I think once you become an ECW fan, you have no choice but to become a dirt sheet person. Mm-hmm. But I think that'll be another episode somewhere down the line. Oh, love the, ECW. We could talk about that for an hour. <laughs> it was Yeah, right. So the after mags were like kind of your gateway of like, you know, like all this WCW, NWA coverage, and then there'd be the world class coverage, and then there'd be all like, here's random stuff from Florida, and here's random stuff from this. So you would have like a kind of sort of idea when like these guys would show up on TV. You know, I remember like maybe like 90, 91 ish, they would cover like a whole bunch of stuff about like Jerry Lawler and Jeff Jarrett against the Moondogs, right? That was a. 
a full color glossy spread every month in PWI, right? Little did yeah. I know the reason it was was because these guys were like carving each other up bloody messes every single night and that those bloody pictures sell magazine covers. So yeah. when Jeff Jarrett shows up in WWF as Double J, ha ha ha, country music superstar, <laughs> I'm like, hey, I know this guy from the magazines that I've been reading for like the last three or four years. So like on the playground, I could have that one up on the other kids. It's like, oh, I know who this guy is. You know, that sort of shit. I read the exact same way because I remember when they brought, they brought in Jerry Lawler. Uh, oh. Just knowing about him from uh, reading the magazine, right. I'm expecting this is going to be a top, top guy. You know, and then he feuded with Bret Hart and kissed his feet, and that was pretty much it. But uh, Jeff Jarrett, like you said, coming in, uh, a lot of other guys that you read about them first, never see a match, and you're, like, looking forward to their debut only based on the reputation of what you read. Right. And more times than not, when it was WWF, you were let down by what you got, you know? <laughs> Are you telling me that the Red Rooster was a letdown? <laughs> Red Rooster was, I am happy to say, was probably just a minute or two before my time. Like, I obviously <laughs> know of him, but the only experience I got ever seeing him was, like, when I, uh, in the first few years of, of watching wrestling, going to, uh, like, montage video and getting old WrestleMania tapes. To, so that that's really my, I never, I have the pleasure of never having to see a promo on television from the Red Rooster. Oh, uh, you're missing out. Uh, I will take your word at it. I'm right. not doing that for homework. No. Oh, <laughs> but, so, uh, oh, that's how. Oh, you know what? Actually, now that I remember, it kind of just an ass end around to what we were talking about before. Um, I, and I get, I feel so bad. I forget his name from the. He was at the comic book shop today. He was the one who brought up all in to Dave, and he was going to stooge off the Joey Ryan Dick Druids thing. Apologies. In front of Todd, and I'm like, no, 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 you can't, I go, you can't talk about it. I go, Todd has an assignment that he has to watch this, and he has to go into a cold. He has to have no information about it. Oh, uh, I can't wait. Uh, and that's how wrestling conversation, so it wasn't Dave this time, it was somebody else at the comic book shop. Okay. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, we talked about this on the other show, uh, on the Zero issue uh, of at odds wrestling is that uh todd has to watch the the joey ryan verse oh sorry spoilers joey ryan's res erection oh. at the end of the joey janela hangman page match um and it's unfortunate because uh, we're gonna our schedules kind of don't match up so <laughs> it's gonna be a couple weeks before he's gonna get to watch that so hopefully nobody stooges it off on him right and I can guarantee that Todd's not going to go searching out this information oh, yeah. online. Independently, <laughs> I, I don't think anybody he follows on Twitter is in the same, uh, you know, circles. Nobody uh, is going to be talking about All In unless, uh, you know what, the guy who does the Justice League uh, cover that he loves so much, you know, the, the Guy Gardner, you know, the famous cover that he collects every version of. Yes. Uh, they need to do uh, an All In version of that if they haven't already. Well, didn't they uh, do? The, I think it wasn't by it, Kevin McGuire, but it was the, like someone else. They did like that style of cover with the people who were on the All In card. I could have swore I saw something like that. You know what? They might have, and I might have actually sent that to him. So I'm just kind of I, I forget these things ten minutes after I do it. So I I forward so much nonsense to Todd, partially as a disinformation. You know, <laughs> like some of it's like, hey, check this out. You might like this. And part of it's just to screw with them. So I kind of forget what I send them. 
I sent him out a picture yesterday of uh, and I, you won't know this, but there's in NFL, in the NFL there are there are what these called quarterbacks. All right? Oh, really? Yes, they're like the face. They're like the the top guy in the promotion. They're like you, they're like you. the champion, right? Yeah, they're like the champion. Okay. Uh, so I sent him uh, a graphic showing that his team, the Raiders, had traded away their quarterback to the Jaguars, and uh, you know, so it's like examples like that. I just kind of try to mess with them every once in a while. Something might slip through with a he that he'll believe, and then I'll be happy. I don't know how we got here. <laughs> We're all over the place, but I think this is a good enough spot to end. This is kind of like the introduction of our uh, intro to wrestling, a little bit of the aftermag stuff, some early live events. We got a lot more stuff to talk about, of course, when it comes to wrestling. I'm very excited to do the ECW show, but that's going to be oh. a little whales down. I, I could see us doing WCW stuff, the ESPN wrestling, if you watch that sort of stuff. That's with Lightning Kid, right? Yes, that's global. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness. <laughs> so yeah, I watched that. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, this should be up on the feed, so subscribe to this wherever you subscribe to uh, podcasts. But if you're like me, you could always just go to longboxheroes.com, and uh, every episode will be there, or every episode will just be up at soon-to-be-named-network.com, soon-to-be-named-network.tumblr.com, and, of course, the Twitter which is the at sign, Odds Wrestling. Uh, when the shows go live, you'll be able to find them tweeted out from there. Uh, you know, this n- submitting things and RSS feeds to iTunes and all that sort of shit is all new to me, and I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants with it, so we'll see how it works out. I have confidence in you. The talent has confidence in you. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, not to kind of pull back the curtain of when we're recording this, but uh, we're recording this on the 5th. The After Dark goes up on the 6th, which should be the first thing that's on that feed. I could then submit that feed to all those different podcatchers, which I hate. I'm Listen, I'm a guy who just keeps a text file of RSS feeds that I constantly open in Windows and just hit F5 when I think the shows are supposed to come out. If that sounds needlessly elaborate and complicated to you, then welcome Very to the much. show. I'm Joe. Yes. <laughs> and uh, if you are a fan of just things being easy because you're lazy, that's that's my alley right there, Adam Van. <laughs> All right, so closing out episode one, we'll see when this goes up, and uh, I'm sure we'll be hearing more of this in the near future. And thanks, everyone, for checking us out. Tell a friend, and uh, I don't know, maybe in the comments section on the website of this episode, tell us your first wrestling memories, and uh, we'll discuss those next week or next time we do a show. Or whatever the hell is going to happen with this show. Um, next week sounds good. All right. For, so for Adam, this is Joe saying uh, we're going to catch you next time at the matches with At Odds With Wrestling. <laughs>